Shalom, Alchem, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are looking at this week's Torah portion. Teraruma is the name. Let me give you the portion summary from TorahPortions.org. The 19th reading from the Torah is named Teruma. In Exodus 25.2, the Lord commanded Moses to tell the sons of Israel to take a contribution for me. The word translated as contribution is Teruma, which is the name of this Torah portion. Teruma is a word with no real English equivalent. In the Torah, Teruma refers to a certain type of offering dedicated to the temple, like a tithe or a first fruits offering. In Exodus 25, the contribution is for the building of the holy place, of a holy place. The Torah reading is occupied with the instructions for the building of the tabernacle and its furnishings. So we're going to have an off. So here's kind of the portion outline. We've got the offerings for the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the table for the bread and of the presence, uh, the lampstands and menorah, the tabernacle, the framework, the curtain, the altar of the burnt offerings, and the court and its hangings. That's what's being talked about in today's portion. But I think it's, well, it may seem like, oh, this is going to be kind of a boring reading. I think there's more to it. And uh, deeper things that we can uh, spend at least a few minutes pondering on. I pray that you'll be blessed this morning and strengthened and encouraged as we do this study. So, without further delay, let's dig in. It's chapter, it's Exodus chapter 25, and it goes all the way through 27, verse 19. All right, I'll continue to read from the Hallelujah Scriptures. Exodus chapter 25, let's begin. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Yisrael, that they take up a contribution for me. From everyone whose heart moves him, you shall take up my contribution. Please note, right out of the gate, God is showing his heart about giving, about contributing to the kingdom. He wants people to give not based on some number or percentage but on the cheerfulness of the giver's heart that is God's heart we see it right here he's saying we're going to take up a teruma a contribution from the people and I want everyone to give I want everyone to give according to their heart Look at this again. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they take up a contribution for me from everyone whose heart moves him. You shall take up my contribution. Now, this is not unlike uh, the principle taught by the Apostle Paul. If we go to 2 Corinthians, uh, we go to chapter 9. Here's what he says about giving. But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he is purposed in his heart, 
so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Let's continue on with our Torah portion. Verse 3. And this is the contribution which you take up from them. Gold and silver and bronze and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skin dyed red and fine leather and acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. Shoham stones and stones to put in the shoulder garment and in the breastplate. And they shall make me a mikdash, as say, like a tabernacle. And I shall dwell in their midst. According to all that I show you, the pattern of the mishkan and its pattern, and the pattern of all the furnishings, make it exactly so. And they shall make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half amma long, an amma and a half wide, and an amma and a half high. And you shall overlay it with clean gold inside and out, and you shall overlay it. And you shall make on it a molding of gold all around. And you shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners, two rings on one side and two rings on the other side. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. And shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark, to lift up the ark by them. The poles are in the rings of the ark. They are not taken from it. And into the ark you shall put the witness which I give you. And you shall make a lid of atonement of clean gold, two and a half amma long, and an amma and a half wide. You shall make two cherubim of gold. Make them of beaten work, at the two ends of the lid of atonement. And make one cherub at one end, and the other cherub at the other end. Make the cherubim from the lid of atonement at its two ends. And the cherubim shall be spreading out their wings above, covering the lid of atonement with their wings, with their faces toward each other, the faces of the cherubim toward the lid of atonement. So please note, He's given instructions about the Ark of the Covenant, right? You've got the rings, you've got the poles that go on the side for carrying it. And he says he wants uh, two cherubs, or cherubs, one on each end. And they're to spread their wings out above it, covering the lid that would be on it. And they are to face each other, right? We've all seen the image. Um, where, you know, I was... Where is the first time or the last time that we've heard about a cherubim? Well, the last time, which is also the first time we heard about the cherubim, was in Genesis chapter 3. And what were they doing? So if you go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, So he drove out man and placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims, or cherubs, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So it's almost like these type of angelic beings are to be some type of guardian or protector. You have them uh, basically guarding the entrance to um, the Garden of Eden because no one is allowed to return to eat of the tree. And then you have this 
kind of like symbolism of, of them over the top guarding or protecting the Ark of the Covenant, which I just think is interesting. And of course, we could do an entire study uh, just thinking about that. Uh, but that's the picture that's being shown. And I just thought I would point that out. Let's continue on. And you shall put the lid of the atonement on the top of the ark and put in the ark the witness which I shall give you. And I shall meet with you there. And from above the lid of atonement, from between the two carabim, which are on the ark of the witness, I shall speak to you all that which I command you concerning the children of Yisrael. And you shall make a table of Akiah wood, two amma long, an amma wide, and an amma and a half high. And you shall overlay it with clean gold, and shall make a molding of gold all around. And you shall make for it a rim of topfah all around. And you shall make a gold molding for the rim all around. And you shall make for it four rings of gold, and put the rings on the four corners that are in its four legs. The rings are close to the rim, as holders for the poles to lift the table. And you shall make poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold, and the table shall be lifted with them. Please note, it's, it says acacia wood um, here in the holy scriptures i believe like if you were to read it out of the king james i'm looking right now uh it's that shitten wood shitten wood is uh what it's translated as and the king james will say like two cubits uh but here it says ama which i think is a, is a more direct translation from the hebrew um but of course we don't at least here in the western world we don't work with ama <clears throat> so it could be kind of confusing about what's going on there. Uh, let me get back here. And you shall... And you shall make a table of acacia wood, two amma long and an amma wide and an amma and a half high, and you shall overlay it with clean gold, and you shall make a molding of gold all around, and shall make it for a rim of a tofa all around, and shall make a gold molding for the rim all around. And you shall make it for four rings of gold, and put the rings on the four corners that are on its four legs, and the rings are close to the rim, as holders for the poles to lift the table. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold, and the table shall be lifted with them. And you shall make its dishes, and its ladles, and its jars, and bowls for pouring. Make them of clean gold. And you shall put the showbread on the table before me continually. And you shall make a lampstand of clean gold. The lampstand is made of beaten work, its base and its shaft and its cups and its ornamental knobs and blossoms are from it. And six branches shall come from its sides, three branches of lampstands out of one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side, three cups made like almond flour, one on the branch, with ornamental knob and blossom, and three cups made like an almond flower on the other branch with ornamental knob and blossom. So for the six branches coming up out of the lampstand, and on the lampstand itself are four cups made like an almond flower, with ornamental knob and blossom, and a knob under the first two branches, 
of the same, and then a knob under the second two branches of the same, and a knob under the third two branches of the same, according to the six branches coming out of the lampstand. Their knobs and their branches are of the same, all of it one beaten work of clean gold. And you shall make seven lamps for it, and they shall mount in slamps, so that they give light in front of it. And its snuffers and their trays are of clean gold. It is made of a kit car of clean gold, all these utensils. So see and do according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain. Alright, so chapter 25 ends with the lampstand or the menorah. Now, I happen to think that, or I'm starting to believe that a lot of these things... We're like, why, like, why do we have like the cherub and you know the lampstands and and all? That? I think these are replicas, if you will, in the most human sense, of course, of some of the things that would be in the throne room in heaven. And so we've got these lampstands or these menorahs, right? They have seven, basically, they have like seven branches and the knobs, right? You all, everyone knows what a menorah looks like. And these were to light that area. Now, I think I told this story a few years ago when we first started doing the tour portion. But when I started the podcast, which I believe is over eight years ago now, it's in that 2014 range, 2013 range. It started off as being called Truth Fed. Some of you may remember this. And in the early days, I went to one of those sites where you pay like five dollars to have somebody make you uh, like uh, uh, some cover art or, or something like that and the one that people made that the person made for me it said truth fed and to the left of it and and if i remember i'll try to put this on the video it had this symbol that resembled a menorah i didn't think anything of it i had just started this journey Right, like I was still really, really new to everything. I didn't have a clue about the Torah at that time. None of that, and I was getting criticism by people, and they were like, "Are you, are you Jewish, or are you trying to be Jewish?" And they were complaining about the menorah that was on uh, the that was on my artwork, which was on the podcast artwork, and. Uh, also like on the YouTube channel and all of that. And I thought maybe there was something wrong with me. Like I, like I had made a mistake or, you know, I was doing something that wasn't Christian and I didn't understand at the time. What I've come to realize is the people criticizing me were the ones who were ignorant. Now I was ignorant, but not in the same way they were. You see, number one. The menorah doesn't belong to Jews. It belongs to Israel. Israel's is made up of 12 tribes. One of them happens to be the tribe of Judah, where the Jew comes from. But there's, there's 11 other tribes that make up Israel. Furthermore, it's very clear, the scriptures make this unmistakable. Paul points this out in more than one way. That... If you have trusted in Messiah, you are grafted into Israel. You are Israel. 
There is no longer Jew or Gentile, he says. We are all one under Messiah and Messiah. And he uses the tree as an example. The natural branches who refused to believe were cut off. The unnatural branches which did believe were grafted in. The root is Israel. Right? Furthermore, this is not the only place that we see the menorahs. We actually see them multiple times in the book of Revelation, these lampstands. Let's go have a quick look just to make this point. You go to Revelation, very first chapter, verse 12. What does it say? And I turned and to see a voice that was speaking with me. And after turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. By the way, if you were to look at the complete Jewish translation as an example, uh, it has their menorah. Like it doesn't say it, just, it doesn't say lampstand. It just flat out says menorah. Revelation verse one, chapter twenty. As for the mystery of the seven stars which you saw on my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. You see, these lampstands represent something. They represent the church. They represent the spirit of God. Continuing on. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven lampstands says this. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I am coming to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. One more. Revelation 4, verse 5. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning and the sounds of, of peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So, the menorah, these lampstands, it doesn't belong to just the tribe of Judah. It belongs to Israel. And honestly, I think Israel's symbol should be the menorah, not the Kabbalist Star of David, which is not found in the Bible. But that's a whole other discussion. But I wanted to point that out and just tell that little story of how I was made to feel like I was doing something wrong, but I was too ignorant to realize I wasn't, and they were ignorant for thinking so. All right, let's move forward. Chapter 26. And make the Mishkan, that is to say tabernacle, with ten curtains of fine woven linen, and blue and purple and scarlet, and make them with carabim, the work of a skilled workman. Interesting to note, the, the carabim are to be put on the, on the curtain as well. Verse 2. The length of each curtain is twenty-eight ama, and the width of each curtain four ama. All the curtains have in one measure. Five curtains are joined to each other, and the five curtains are joined to each other. And you shall make loops of blue on the edge and on the end of one curtain, and do the same on the edge of the end of the second curtain. Make fifty loops in one curtain, and make fifty loops on the edge of the seam of the second curtain, the loops being opposite to each other. 
and you shall make fifty hooks of gold, and you shall join the curtains together with the hooks, and the mishkan shall be one. And you shall make curtains of goat's hair for a tent over the mishkan. Make eleven curtains. The length of each curtain is thirty amma, and the width of each curtain four amma, one measure to the eleven curtains. And you shall join the five curtains by themselves, and the six curtains by themselves, and you shall double over the six curtains at the front of the tent. And you shall make fifty loops on the edge of the curtain that is outermost, the fifty loops on the edge of the second curtain. And you shall make fifty bronze hooks, and put the hooks into the loops, and join the tent together. And it shall be one. And the overlapping part of the rest of the curtains of the tent and the half of the curtain that remains shall hang over the back of the mishkan. And an amma on one side and an amma on the other side of what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent is to hang over the sides of the mishkan, on this side and on that side to cover it. And you shall make a covering of ram skin dyed red for the tent and a covering of fine leather above that. And for the Mishkin you shall make the boards of acacia wood, standing up. Ten amma is the length of the board, and an amma and a half the width of each board. Two tenons in each board for building one to another. Do the same for all the boards of the Mishkin. And you shall make the boards for the Mishkin twenty boards for the south side. And you shall make forty sockets of silver under the twenty boards, and two sockets under each of the boards for its two tenons. And for the second side of the Mishkan, on the north side, twenty boards. And there are forty sockets of silver, two sockets under each of the boards. And for the rear parts of the Mishkan westward, make six boards. And make two boards for the corners of the Mishkan in the rear. And they are doubled beneath. And similarly, they are complete to the top, to one ring. So is for both of them. They are for the two corners. And they shall be eight boards, and their sockets of silver, sixteen sockets, two sockets under the one board, and two sockets under the other board. And you shall make bars of the acacia wood, five for the boards on one side of the Mishkin, and five for the bars and the boards on the other side of the Mishkin, and five boards for the boards of the side of the Mishkin, for the rear parts westward. With the middle bar in the midst of the boards going through from end to end. And overlay the boards with gold and make the rings of gold as holders for the bars. And overlay the bars with gold. And you shall raise up for the Mishkan according to its pattern which you were shown on the mountain. And you shall make a veil of the blue and the purple and scarlet and fine woven linen. And the work of a skilled workman made with carabim. You shall put it on the four corners of the kisia wood, overlaid with gold, their hooks, the gold upon the sockets of silver. And shall hang the veil from the hooks, and shall bring the ark of the witness there behind the veil. And the veil shall make a separation for you between the kodesh, that is to say the holy, and the most kodesh place. And you shall put the lid of atonement upon the ark of the witness of the most kodesh place. You should put the tables outside the veil and the lampstand opposite of the table on the side of the Mishkin toward the south and put the table on the north side. You should make a covering for the door of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet and fine woven linen made by a weaver. And you shall make for the, for the 
covering five columns of acacia wood and overlay them with gold in their hooks of gold and you shall cast five sockets of bronze for them. Chapter 27 And you shall make an altar of acacia wood, five ama long and five ama wide. The altar is square, in its height three ama. And you shall make its horns and its four corners. Its horns are of the same, and you shall overlay it in bronze. And you shall make its pots to receive its ashes and its shovels and its basins and its forks and its fire holders. Make all its utensils of bronze. You shall make a grating for it, a bronze network, and you shall make on a network four bronze rings at its four corners. And shall put under the rim of the altar beneath, so that... The network is halfway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood. You shall overlay them with bronze, and the poles shall be put in the rings, and the poles shall be on the two sides of the altar for lifting it. Make it hollow with boards, as it is shown to you on the mountain, so they are to make it. And you shall make the courtyard of the Mishkin, for the south side screens for the courtyard made of woven, fine woven linen. One hundred ama long for one side. Please note. He's being, Moses is being told to make all these things according to as he saw on the mountain. Which I think just further confirms that what they are making, at least symbolically, is what might be manifested in heaven. In, in probably, obviously, a much more real form. These are just symbolic of these things. All these things also point to Messiah one way or another. Just like we're worried about the Mishkin, right? About And God's going to dwell in this thing. Well, this is just a foreshadow of the day at some point God is going to literally dwell with man forever. And that's why we're, we celebrate tabernacles and that's why you know, I think that's what this this Mishkin thing is all about. It's it's foreshadowing a time when God would literally dwell among His people. We're almost done here. We only go to verse nineteen. And you shall verse nine. And you shall make the courtyard of the Mishkin for the south side screens for the courtyard made of fine woven linen, one hundred amma long, for one side. And its twenty columns and their bronze sockets of bronze and the hooks and the columns of their bands of silver. And so, for the north side and the length, screens one hundred long, with its twenty columns and their twenty sockets of bronze, and the hooks of the columns for their bands of silver. And the width of the courtyard in the west side, screens of fifty ama, and their ten columns and their ten sockets. And the width of the courtyard for the east side, fifty ama. And the screens on one side of the gate, fifteen ama, with their three columns and their three sockets. And on the other side, screens of fifteen, and their three columns, and their three sockets. And for the gate of the courtyard of the covering, twenty ama long, and the blue, and the purple, and the scarlet, and the fine woven linen made by a weaver, four columns and four sockets. All the columns around the courtyard have bands of silver, their hooks silver, and their sockets bronze. The length of the courtyard is one hundred ama and the width fifty by fifty, and the height of the five ama, woven of five thread, fine linen thread, and its sockets of bronze, all the utensils of the Mishkin, 
for all of its service, all its pegs and all the pegs of the courtyard are bronze. And that is where this week's Torah portion ends. I pray that you've been blessed by listening to the word of God this morning. You know, sometimes I think, man, how can I make uh, these kind of chapters more interesting or whatever? But really, that's just foolishness on my part. The word of God should interest us all. And we shouldn't need a level of entertainment added in order to be blessed and strengthened by the word of God. And so I know that the word has went forth and that it's spoken to some of you today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you who pray for the podcast and those of you who support it. This couldn't happen without you. Trust me. I'm very grateful and thankful uh, for the opportunity that's been provided by, by God for me to do this podcast and by those of you who support it and make it possible. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.